I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Confessions of a Debut Novelist with me, your host, Chloe Timms. This week, I'm talking to Kate Martin about her young adult novel, Are You Okay, Elliot Hart? Kate is a high school English teacher in Cheshire. She grew up in Lancashire, having adventures with her two older brothers and being a bit of a tomboy. Her writing is inspired by the difficulties of being a teenager and creating stories with empathy and hope. In this episode, we discuss how Kate embodied her teenage characters to find their voice, the important messages in her story, and how she fits writing into her busy teaching career. But first, here's Kate with an extract from Are You Okay, Elliot Hart? I've spent the last few years making myself invisible. Many teenagers are blessed with unique talents. They speak multiple languages or belch the alphabet backwards. Me, I've spent the last few years perfecting my own superpower, the ability to make myself disappear. Over the years, I've adapted to my surroundings and taught myself how to vanish, like an animal being hunted in the wild. I've fine-tuned techniques like staring at my shoes, hiding in the school toilet and burying my head in a book. Right now, I'm practising the art of staring at a notice on the wall while I wait for my appointment with Mrs Spencer, the school counsellor. Matchstick! I'm not sideways. And Josh McBride's leering smile is in my face. The same mocking expression mirrored by his friend, Lewis Pretty. Their laughter echoes down the corridor as they slope off. It would be fair to say that my invisibility training still needs work. Are you okay? Felicity Hooper has appeared to my right, studying the same notice from the drama department. There's a play every year, and every year I dream of auditioning, but I don't even have the confidence to hold a conversation with a girl standing next to me. The really pretty girl standing next to me, to be specific. You're in my history class. Uh, yes, it's Elliot. Elliot Hart. Who do I think I am, James Bond? Well, Elliot Hart, are you okay? She grabs the pen attached to the board and scribbles her name on the audition sheet. Felicity Hooper is amazing. Hi, Kate. Welcome to the podcast. It's really nice to have you on today to talk about your new young adult novel. Thank you, Chloe. I'm excited to be here. Can you start us off with a brief summary of what Are You Okay, Elliot Hart is about? Yeah. 
Um, it's about two teenage boys, Elliot Hart and Josh McBride, both 15. Elliot lives with his mum, who suffers from depression and agoraphobia, and Josh lives with his mum and younger sisters and his stepdad, um, and his stepdad is um, abusive. And it looks at how both boys deal with their challenges that they have at home, but in very different ways. So Elliot is shy and reserved and wants to hide away, whereas Josh is angry and frustrated and um, deals with it in a much more aggressive way. And then they circumstances happen, but end up that they go on a trip to the city. They go on a train to the city and they kind of get forced together a little bit and kind of see a different side to each other and reasons why they might be how they are. Um, and then there's a few, a couple of twists, which I best <laughs> keep keeping. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep them quiet. Can you remember where your first kind of spark of inspiration came from or what, what was it that kind of gave you that idea for this novel? Yeah, it's, um, it's a really personal one. Um, when I was 38, I reckon, I realised um, my mum had been ill for most of my life. Since I was about 14, um, she had a catalogue of really awful illnesses and lifelong illnesses. Um, and it was only my late 30s where I realised that um, I was, it probably impacted me quite a bit. I was angry and um, jealous and sad and hurt and, and wasn't comfortable with all those feelings. So um, I needed an outlet. I needed something that would just give me like a moment's peace in, in the day. Um, and I think you've mentioned this, but I found Tim Clare's podcast. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Yeah, it was a couch to 80,000 words. And um, it was a little writing activity for just 15 minutes a day. And I had two really young children at that point, I think about maybe three and five. Um, and I would just go off. I'd just tell my husband I need I need 15 minutes. I need just a bit of peace. And I'd get my notepad and I'd listen to his writing activity. Um, and I did it. And I just went all the way through it and just had that moment of peace. Um, so it's, no, it's not a coincidence that Elliot's a young carer. Like it was definitely, it was me channeling some stuff in my life. Um, and I just probably wanted to draw attention to young carers and teenage young carers and and people that have kind of carrying a bit more extra baggage mm. as they um as they go to school so by the end of doing all those activities I had Elliot formed um and then another issue that gets to me because of my job is the bullying side mm. um more importantly the bullies so how we can sometimes <laughs> dismiss them and just see them as an angry, angry teenager and, and what an awful character they are when, even though it doesn't excuse it, maybe a little bit of looking behind the reasons of why people act like they act might help a little bit. So then Josh came and then I thought, well, I've started this. I might as well try and finish it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and great that you have. I wondered whether um, when, you were, when you were working on these writing exercises with the Tim Clare podcast, did, was it Elliot's voice that came to you first or was it that you knew you wanted to write about a young carer? No, it was Elliot's voice. Like mm. he, towards the end of the activities, um, you start creating a character a little bit more in detail. And yeah, it was Elliot and it always was. And 
he it was he was always going to be quietly strong he was always going to be strong in a sense that um he kept himself together every day and he got up and he got himself dressed and he got himself to school and he did everything he was always that way um, and he's always a boy as well a few people have asked me about that about having two teenage boys and mm. it, he, he was always a boy it's it's weird isn't it, <laughs> it, <happens>. it just <laughs> was. yeah you can't question these things you just gotta go with them <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you've been, you've mentioned already obviously with your background and also with your job it was really important for you to give voice to these these characters that were going through a particularly difficult time were you nervous about writing it for a quite a young well, a younger audience I know we're talking sort of teenagers and you've yeah. got experiences working with them did you feel like that added a bit of pressure because you had to handle it in a particular way yeah um it's weird I I never wrote a book to be published, um, which means that all my nerves have come afterwards. Um, <laughs> I kind of started it and I have to handwrite all my first drafts. So I just wrote, had notepads upon notepads and didn't question anything. And it was only when it was all finished and I left it for a year. Um, and I thought, well, what am I going to do with it? I'm either going to leave it on a shelf or try and get it published. Since then, I've probably been a bit more nervous about it and now now it's getting close to going out into the wider world um I'm aware that tackling such tough issues um can bring different responses it can because people will have their own personal um experiences with bullying mm. and um and depression and mental health and and so on so I'm probably a tiny bit more nervous now than when writing it writing it was very just me didn't care just me in a notepad just, yeah just scribbling away <laughs> as it gets closer to the release date I'm aware but I don't think it's a bad thing having the issues discussed I don't you know I, it brings up a discussions that I don't remember when I was a teenager I don't remember yeah. young carers being discussed or um so I it definitely prompts some important discussions that might be needed mm. And I, I personally, I don't think you've got anything to worry about because I think it was written in a really <laughs> empathetic way. So I certainly don't think anyone's going to have them oh. strike issue with it. <laughs> I hope so. I hope was so. It always, um, was it always an obvious choice for you to write for young adults? Because I know you're, you're a teacher and um, you work with them. What is it, do you think, that appeals to you about writing for teenagers and young adults? I think it definitely was um, an unconscious choice that isn't a surprise. Um, mm. I've been a teacher of teenagers for about 18 years now. It's 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 what I see, it's what I do. It's, it's, um, so it did make sense. I think teenagers is a tricky time. Um, life is tricky for all of us, but when you're a teenager, you still have to go through all the stuff that we have to go through as adults you still have grief and you still have loneliness and anxiety and depression and and everything that we might have to deal with but when you're a teenager um you don't quite know who you are yet and you you stuck you, you you're navigating all this other stuff and trying to work out where you fit and and what you're about and wanting to be liked and or wanting to fit in or not fit in and when you put the extra stuff that life can throw at you no matter what age um I think that's when it, it can become quite difficult um I've seen so many instances of teenagers in lots of different ways and they always impress me with 
their strength. They always impress me with their dignity in tough times and their humour in tough times. Mm. So it doesn't surprise me that I wanted to write about teenagers. I admire them. <laughs> I think yeah. they're amazing. Um, what they sometimes lack is that they can't see that how they're feeling right now won't last forever. That they mm. that that what's happening right now it's consuming for them a lot of the time. So if they are going through tough times they can't quite which we might be able to do when we're a bit older see that you will get through this you know it will happen so for the moment I think I'm a teenage a a young adult writer um I find them they're my inspiration really yeah yeah no it's it's easy to see why obviously when you're surrounded by them um all day every day and and you're seeing kind of that I guess maybe some adults if they're not working with teenagers perhaps see them in quite a stereotypical way yeah but you're seeing all aspects of their life and I think that certainly comes across in your book as well one thing I thought you did really well which I think is incredibly hard to get right is the dialogue and I I don't know how whether you found it easy I mean it certainly reads as if you did do you think that was informed by your teaching I mean I guess the temptation is to put in uh, kind of slang and then it, it dates very quickly but yes. certainly it reads yeah. very authentically did you have anyone younger look at your work to kind of go oh god this is this is cringe don't put that in you know oh, oh. <laughs> oh I'm really um pleased you said that because it's something that I've just done um I haven't studied it I haven't mm. you know done writing courses or anything I literally I must inhabit like teenage boys or something <laughs> um I literally just became Elliot or Josh so I, mm. I was just like right now I'm now I'm Elliot and now I'm Josh and I questioned whether I'd get it right and I questioned it and and looked over it and you're exactly right I didn't go for slang too much mm. because it would date it slang changes so quickly and and yeah. I, I see them speak in such different ways year by year never mind you know um further in the past so I avoided putting it in a set time I know kind of what time it is and there's a couple of references to songs and and films mm. but I avoided putting it in a set time because I knew that it would date so quickly and I knew that I could not um voice a really authentic at this present day teenager I could just do a general teenager kind of way um so yeah I really did and um I will see how it goes and how people respond but I honestly just um just became just became a teenager <laughs> just just the type of, like how would they think I did um a little I treated myself to a little course yesterday with Patrice I'm gonna forget her name Patrice something a young adult author and she was talking about voice and how much you look into it and how people do voice and I was like oh I just I just decided I was them (laughs) (laughs) so Josh is really angry so he has a lot of like shorter phrases and and defensive and and Elliot's quieter and calmer so he would have a bit longer and a bit more like needed reassurance and and, Mm. and, uh, so I've no idea we'll see (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask you because both uh obviously the the chapters alternate between their voices and both are in first person and you said you kind of inhabited both how did you I I suppose you've already partly answered this already but how did you make their voices distinct when you're writing because I guess you're thinking in my head I mean they must be it must be quite a challenge because they're both the same age they're both boys they're both at the same school so similar kind of upbringing obviously different home lives and home difficulties so how did did you 
did you do it consciously or did it did you find it kind of came automatically to you to make them so distinct I think it helped by they were such different characters it, it did come I just I did it kind of subconsciously and mm. um but it did help that they are very different characters um Josh throughout most of the book is so angry <laughs> but um it just came across differently it, it just he would speak differently and and he would be he would interrupt more and he would be more standoffish and he wouldn't use the same vocab like Elliot would because Elliot would is different he reads a lot he's quite isolated and um yeah it's it was definitely subconscious it wasn't done in any way or crafted or mm. like you said they come from similar they, they grew up in the same village and they go to the same school so I couldn't really change the voice and accent or dialect yeah, or anything yeah. like that so the only way I could change the voice was emotions and that's why mm. it was first per, you know first person's easier the only way I could do it is that Josh is just bubbling most of the time and just ooh, annoyed um, and just do it that way I think I'd find it much harder and maybe I'll practice this later on in life, but um, third third person, I think I'd find it much harder to to get things across when you mm. can't just like be the voice inside the head. So you never attempted any third person while you were writing, no? Not for not for this book, not no. for this book, um, not for a dual narrative. With two, mm. I, I, my head can't quite get across because a lot of books a lot to do with empathy. I can't quite get across if I could deal with their emotions they they act so differently on the outside to what's going on on the inside a lot of the time that I just I haven't done it yet maybe (laughs) (laughs) it struck me as I was reading how really it was so well paced so well plotted Uh, I don't know I I was kind of picturing in my head like charts and and (laughs) the kind of technicalities of of planning um so are you a big planner or did it come more naturally to you how did how did it kind of evolve the story Chloe I'm going to disappoint you totally here oh no yeah I didn't plan it at all well maybe Um, not disappoint more impress like I'm so impressed (laughs) (laughs) um for my sins I didn't plan it I knew the only thing that I knew was the end chapter that's mm-hmm. it. I knew I knew the end chapter and all I did and it caused a lot of trouble and I do not advise this at all. All I did was plan the next chapter once I'd written that one. And I'd wow. be like, well, where should we go next? And and what should we see <laughs> next? Again, because I wasn't writing it to be published. So yeah, it was just yeah, it was just a joy. It was an absolute joy. I was just I find in the second book much harder. Um because it was just a joy it was just me and it was just like oh where should I take next and what should mm. happen and um and I want to show this so maybe they could do this and then I shelved it unfortunately um my mum passed away when I was writing the book so I, I just needed then to to put it away and then I, I picked it, I picked it up a year later and it was a mess it, it didn't it didn't all make sense and it didn't all fit <laughs> um so what I did I'll I'll send you a picture at one point if I can, Chloe. Um, what I did was, because I'm so, so old school and I hate technology, is I got two big cork boards and post-it notes and pins. And I wrote um, on every post-it note and pinned it and then tried to see if I could make some sense of this and, and rearrange it, which meant I had to go back and rewrite quite a lot because mm. my, my ramblings didn't make much sense. Um, I've gone for plotting a little bit more for the second book. And as much as it's probably going to help me in the long run, I don't enjoy it as much. Mm. Like, I yeah, like that freedom. Say that. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a freedom of just right. Oh, where, where are we going to go? What's going to happen? <laughs> but I'm guessing, and I'm, and I'm not going to give away the ending or anything like that, but I'm guessing if you knew the end, you did know the twists, right? So you could you could drop the seeds of that throughout the earlier chapters. But the twist, yeah, a little bit. Um, so the twist. So that came wasn't to me. that wasn't something you. The twist wasn't something that came no. later in the planning. That must have been in kind of from early on. The twist came later in the plan. I can't say too much. Mm. Um, I need. I needed something to happen, and I didn't know how mm. it was going to happen. So the twist came about two thirds into writing. So it wasn't at the beginning or yeah. I knew, I just wanted, I needed, and I, I was nervous about the twist if I'm honest as well, as you can imagine. Um, so then I had to go back. I gave myself too much work, Chloe. I really did. Cause then, <laughs> cause then once I decided that and I decided it as I was going to sleep, like you do. So I was, mm, I was going to sleep yeah. and I was like, Oh, okay. I then had to go back and twist a few things um, and then do it. So it was a very much a character driven. I had the characters and they were up to their own good. Mm. <laughs> and, then, and then, and I had the points, I had the messages. I wanted the young yeah. care and the bullying. Um, and then the rest was back and forth a little bit. Well, you'd never know. I was, I was definitely imagining <laughs> you there you. With, with a spreadsheet or with your notepad <laughs> or something. Um, I want to go back now to talk about your, kind of the beginnings really of, of your writing journey and you said that you got into writing as a way of escaping kind of what was going on in your own head and giving yourself time alone but did you had you always loved writing had you always thought or oh, maybe one day maybe one day or was it something that came later in life I think it came later in life I hear other authors say you know as a child I always knew I wanted to write and I wanted to be an author I don't thing I, I definitely had stories and, and bits everywhere I loved English um I studied it all the way up to masters I then became an English teacher and I spent my life just looking at words and looking at other people's and 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 looking at the enjoyment that way um I always I don't know what I wanted I always wanted one book that I've written on a shelf I never really went publishing way or to be an author as such I just kind of thought wouldn't it be nice you know mm. to, to have like your name on a cover and I just wanted one copy just on my shelf and I think that way so it was probably more love of words rather than I wanted to be an author that, that never really happened till later on and I thought oh, I can do this it's it probably comes with a bit of self-doubt doesn't it and mm. I, I never believed I could I never believed I would be able to I never believed that I had the talent to so um yeah it's quite a classic teacher thing isn't it <laughs> I could teach it all but I don't think I can do it <laughs> um and then I realized that um yeah oh maybe I could <laughs> at what point did you think you'd got sort of so far and obviously you said you're writing for yourself at what point did you think oh maybe I've got something here Maybe I should do something with it. It was, it was um, probably after my mum passed away. It, it gives you a spur. It really does. I think I thought, sod it. You know, let's do this. You know, you've done, you've got a rough first draft. Let's go and achieve all dreams you might have lurking somewhere or, or what might be go there. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I took it down and, and looked at it and, and just thought, right, I'm, I'm going to try and see if anybody wants this. <laughs> <laughs> and we've already talked about your teaching career. Before I ask about your kind of how your writing and teaching fit together, 
does anyone at your school or do your pupils know that you've written a book so this is another hurdle I have to get over and that's been comfortable um, at school talking about it what do they know yes but not all of them just if one of them has found out or it's come up in discussion Mm. I will have to become comfortable with talking about my own book to my own pupils Um, I will I, I know that because otherwise why write it do you know mm. what I mean I wrote it for teenagers and yeah. <laughs> I'm surrounded by teenagers <laughs> um so a few of my classes know it's mm. not big news just yet um I'm hoping for the idea that it will creep through rather than I have to do any big announcement <laughs> or anything <laughs> that they will just teenagers tend to talk so that yeah. it will just kind of they'll like, be googling you I'm sure <laughs> oh god oh, isn't it weird how it makes me feel nervous I know it's, I know it's just but, crazy wait, wait, your, but... do your colleagues not know or are, are yeah. you, they do yeah. know I'm surprised they haven't you know pushed for you to be doing an assembly or something uh introducing your book I know in time in time, in time. I do this face in the, I do this face every time every time they're like <laughs> ask. um in time I will I will because otherwise it's it's pointless writing it yeah and, you know there's, there's people honestly that I feel like if I'd been at school and I found out my teacher had written a novel that would have been the coolest I mean I was a bit of a nerd at school but that to me that would have been so cool I would have been like there with my book and my pen being like please find me a copy and you know that would have been amazing they will. They love it. They will. Yeah. They'll love it. I just need to be. I don't. I just feel so and you self-conscious. Must, you must have kids in your class that are like talented at, at writing, and and you mm. you know they they may see that as an inspiration for them to go down that that career path as well. Definitely, and I, I, that's why I will become more comfortable mm. with it because I don't remember anybody at school no. really saying, you know, oh, you've got. Um, so the, a couple that have found out have already come and given me like their first chapters and um, and and let me look at it. So there's definitely an opportunity um, mm. to, yeah, to go like, yes, you've got this talent. Like I was really old when I realised that I could do this. I'm not really old, middle aged, <laughs> um, and you're so young. Can you imagine at that age mm. to be told by someone? you've got a talent go for it you can do this and um I found some stuff because Twitter's a great community isn't it Chloe and I Mm. found some stuff on publishing for teenagers and I sent that out to everyone so it will happen naturally I'm just not going in all guns blazing just yet so I think it will all happen over time (laughs) (laughs) a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. 
Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So how does your writing fit around your teaching? Because obviously teaching's a hugely demanding job. Um, I used to be a primary school teacher myself and I crazily did uh, NaNoWriMo one year while I was doing my teacher training, which was, in hindsight, the stupidest idea ever. But how how do you fit your your writing around your teaching? I really struggle, as you can imagine. I do, I do, and it's it, it's definitely something that I don't know how it's going to get better, but hopefully it will because writing just seems to come to the bottom of the list all the time. Mm. Um, it, it's teaching and planning and marking and kids and day-to-day chores and then writing just nestles in at the bottom um Elliot Hart was written in very much 15 minute stints um at night time in my bed on a notepad um and it was just that consistency it was just don't give up pick it up and write the next bit and the next bit and the next bit um so it, it's snatching time I wrote a little bit just before we're doing this podcast now on a scrappy notepad and um it is it is as the kids get a bit older my kids it gets a bit easier um mm. but it is it's snatching time I don't have any routine at all um it is just if you've got half an hour if you've got 20 minutes then then scribble and luckily because I handwrite first drafts it, I can just pick up a notepad and 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 just scribble ideas down and one of those marvelous things by writing is you just keep going just add that extra word even if it's a sentence even if it's a paragraph you'll get there eventually <laughs> mm. um, so it's just picking it up do you feel that you you've learned to write that way just out of sheer necessity you're quite good at kind of picking up scraps of time here and there to get things down or do you think or was that a struggle to begin with or it's just you're just used to writing in that way um I don't know if it's necessarily a struggle it's just an annoyance I wish I had more time yeah I wish I, I wish I won the lottery and I could just you know write for much longer um yeah it's I don't know as much as struggle it's just an annoyance it's an annoyance that I can't get a routine that I can't sit I don't have like an office you know what I mean I'd love an office I'm at the kitchen table right now I'd love a little <laughs> office and and sit and write for hours in it <laughs> <laughs> and maybe as life gets you know maybe if I find more balance as I as it goes on I'll be able to do that but um it's just necessity it's just what mm. it is at the moment I have a busy life and I just have to um write when I can and eventually um it will get done so talk to me now about your book deal because you're published with an independent press and you don't have an agent so how did the book deal come about um, I was probably like a bit wet behind the ears on how everything worked. Again, because I wasn't really writing it with any idea of it being published, um, didn't really know what to do with it once I'd got a first draft and kind of researched and found out about doing a synopsis and um, 
yeah, how to do a query letter and so on. And then I sent it to about four or five agents and, and that came back with no. And I remember going out for a pub lunch with my dad um, and had a couple of glasses of wine and came back. And I, ne- I didn't even know at that stage that you could have publishers that would without an agent you know that you could send it and and they could they would publish it and you wouldn't have to go mm. and for me with the what I wanted fairly at heart it, it fit it fine it was like right well you know they can do all the hard work the editing and front cover and um, I don't mind doing the marketing I don't mind talking about it and so on so let's try that um sent it off to about four or five and got a couple of offers um checked that it wasn't you know is it vanity presses that mm, they called you know yeah. checked that it was all above board um and then creative james media um got in touch um, an american independent publisher and yeah it was all above board and they do it all for you it just means you don't have right you know just as you would imagine you know the same exposure as as the bigger mm. publishers um and it fitted fine for me at that stage I I was I, I don't that is good I can I get a book published I can get it out there my own way I can do a bit of a marketing I get you know a, a lot of support um with um the publisher and it just for me at that time it, it, it was the right thing to do so did you research into these publishers yourself? Did you have any resources that you use, perhaps for people who are considering maybe going down an independent press route? Yeah, definitely do a little bit of research. The main thing is just never give a penny of your own money. I would I would advise um, you do find some ones out there that will, you know, say, well, if you put this money up front and we can do this, and it might suit some people, but for me, it would give me a red flag and it would give me mm. a warning if if they were asking for some of your money. Um, so, yeah, I just researched ones. I got in touch with the authors that um, were already with the publisher, um, checked what they felt about it, and it all seemed above board. And it's been great, really. It's been a lovely little community ever since. So um, do your research and just watch out for the ones that want your pennies mm. and maybe just get in touch with the authors that are already signed with that publishers they they tend to give you an honest account of, of what it's like yeah that's a great idea actually there also seems to be a really great supportive community in the young adult online uh, writers kind of group so what's it been like for you in the lead up to publication kind of meeting people and and getting those contacts and making those networking and those friends I find it amazing. Um, like I said, I'm not amazing at technology and tentatively got onto Twitter when I first started writing a book, probably only about three, four years ago. Um, and I can't get over how supportive the writing community are on Twitter. Like <laughs> if I listed everything that I have managed to gain from just the support of other authors um, and their little things, um, Another debut author got in touch and helped me do my website. Um, I'm on the podcast with you. Um, I've had ones that have um, looked at work and um, given tons of advice. Uh, it's It really is, I know every, a lot of authors say it, but if you could give any advice, finding other authors is just incredible. Um, mm. I learned so much. I learned so much about the whole process and how things work. And nobody really judged you or compares like um people might expect it it really is that everybody is just rooting for me my experience Mm. is that um everybody's just rooting 
for everyone else and supporting everyone else. So it has been um, an absolute pleasure. One of my highlights is meeting other authors, um, especially, you know, the ones that I've met through, through the writing community on Twitter. It, they are just some of the most generous. Even my blurb, my blurb comes from an author right on the front of the book so it's called a blurb isn't it Chloe I'm still learning lots it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it's, it's unusual because for as a reader my understanding of a blurb was the synopsis on the back but in the in the writing world a blurb <laughs> is the the kind of endorsement quotes essentially from other authors isn't it that's what we yes. call blurbs which is yes. very confusing to, to give yes. it two meanings but there we go with my teacher head on, I was like, but no, but the, the, I know. the back of the <laughs> it's book. Wrong. What, what do you mean the front of the book? Um, but even that was the support from another author that I met. Um, it is it, it's fantastic. It's I met the the publisher I found through the Twitter and the writing community. Mm. Um so it is, it's a it's a it's a pleasure and a highlight of this whole journey is the support from other authors. So we've we've got that down as a, a great bit of advice for anyone, especially, I mean, I think I've noticed certainly there's a there's a big and very, I guess, close-knit um, YA community online. So do you have any, perhaps give you two more top tips for writers who are wanting to to start writing young adult fiction? Yeah, um, I would say try and spend some time with teenagers if you can. Not always easy, but um, if you've got, nieces nephews sons, daughters, or, or any way you can spend time with them you will work out how if you spend time with them you'll work out how to think and and how they work most of the time still a few I'm trying to work out um and I would read I'd read young adult I read a lot of young adult I watch a lot of young adult it doesn't even have to be reading if I'm feeling a little bit like I need inspiration I will get my notepad out and watch a classic teenage film um what's 10 things I hate about you I did last week when I just needed <laughs> good just, <choice>. just <laughs> yeah, I know I know um when you just need that angst do you know what I mean there's so yeah, much yeah young adult angst everywhere isn't they and mm. so I would I would read and watch and I if possible I would try and spend some time with teenagers um yeah see see how they work so you mentioned then when you're kind of sitting there watching a, a movie or when you're kind of interacting with young adult kind of content that you sit there with your notebook do you do that quite often do you, are you someone that's uh, scribbling in a notebook all the time <laughs> It's only if I need a little bit of get. It, it sounds really cheesy, doesn't it? I was going to say getting in a zone. Um, no, it's, it's so true. <laughs> I need to kind of yeah. If I feel like I need to just get into teenage angst, putting on a Netflix teenage film is mm. is a good way to do it because they do it well. They do it well. It's full of it. <laughs> um, so it's not necessarily I'll be writing about what's happening there or anything it just gets me in that like I'm a teenager and the world is against me and I need to <laughs> I need to sort my life out so thinking about other things other other media with teenagers in mind can you think of any kind of comparison novels that you would say are similar to are you okay Elliot Hart or maybe things that would appeal to to readers yeah it's is once I um, had written Elliot Hart and you have to find when I did those that that query that you have to find comp right mm. text to compare it to and I couldn't find lots about young carers um which which spurred me on more I think recently more and more coming out and 
there's um, a resource that was shared, a librarian had looked into all the books about young carers, and there's definitely more. Um, what to what I read whilst writing Elliot Hart, um, Brian Monaghan, um, A Weight of a Thousand Feathers, that deals, my book is quite realism it's real you know it it, it pack it doesn't hide much <laughs> um and a weight of a thousand feathers is the same it is a teenage young carer and it is it, it lays it all down of of what can happen and how tough it is um Stuart Foster does middle grade more than young adults but he's written a book called all the things that could go wrong and that was really good for um the bully and the victim and the dual narrative he does exactly the same he has um, a bully and the person that he's bullying and one of them's got OCD and and it's a bit younger years than mine but it definitely shows the two different narratives and then it's Eve Ainsworth who was kind enough to blurb my book she when I was once I'd written Elliot Hart and trying to find books of similar themes she's written um, some great books that tackle it she's written Tender um, and Seven Days one of them tackling bullying and one of them tackling young carer so she 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 was a joy to find because it was kind of all the themes that I was trying to look at as well so I think they were my they were my big ones of the, the key themes that I was looking into yeah and I'll have to give a shout out now to Eve because uh she's the person that brought all the uh 2022 debuts together um and hopefully she'll be joining me on the podcast later on um but yes we, we've got to thank Eve for for uniting us all <laughs> Oh, it was so weird because I was wanting her anyway to like read my book and so on. And then she popped up and created that group. And I felt like it was Oh, fit. wow. I was like, yeah. oh, oh, this is who. <laughs> so I had to get in touch with an individual going, I'm not stalking you. <laughs> yeah, it's weird how a lot of the time you feel like that because um, I don't know about your experience, but when you're when you're trying to ask for, for blurb quotes for the front cover and you have to approach people you really admire and say, oh, I really love your work. Can you please read mine? It's the most excruciating it's moment awful. of the career, I think, so far. I even put it in that my, I even, I remember writing it and I even put in that my toes are curling right now. I even wrote that. <laughs> I went, my toes are curling in my shoes right now because this is awkward. But could you please? <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's the most, it's like, yeah, please, will you read it? And if you like it, tell me that you like it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, it's got to be done. And I have to say, everyone who I've asked, and I know a lot of people have had this experience, other writers are just so lovely. And they'll yeah. if they've got time, they'll give you a quote and they're really nice about it if they haven't. So um, yeah. Eve's one of the good ones, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, are you working on anything? You, you've mentioned already you're working on a new book. So tell us about it. There's a sequel coming for Elliot Hart. Um, oh. There is, there is. There's reasons why. It's only going to be two. I'm stopping after two. Um, but yes, it's coming out in October next year. Um, so I need to get the first draft written and edited by October this year. Um, and reasons why, you've got to be careful not to give too much away, haven't you? It's mm. that I felt that this book spotlighted and highlighted a lot of difficult themes and challenges that Elliot and Josh are going through and I wanted a second book to carry on their journey but look at how you might then 
seek help. I've got to be mm. so careful. I'm going to mess up and say something I shouldn't. So I'm trying to really be careful <laughs> my words. Out, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so this one is them a year on. So I'm finishing school. Mm-hmm. Um, but where their lives are now, because I didn't want a reader to get to the end of Elliot Hart and think, yes, that's me. That's me. This is me. This mm-hmm. is me. And just not have that. Oh, what happens? Kind of yeah. now. So I, it just needed. It needed it. I needed the journey to just go on for one more book. So they're getting one more book, and then that's it. For me, the ending is really hopeful, and but I can totally see why mm-hmm. you're keen for a sequel because it's that what happens next because both of their lives their problems are not easily solved it's and there is no and you know as you've mentioned your book is realistic there's no kind of magic and everyone lives happily ever after at the end you know you know as a reader that their lives are still going to be complicated so I think it's a really nice idea to give you that kind of not closure because obviously their lives we'd like to think are are going on beyond the book but if if you're going for a kind of realistic route of what support they both might get and also we mentioned that their lives kind of they they collide in a, in a way and I know I I'm intrigued as a as a reader how that if you want to call it friendship or whatever you want to call it um go you know progress yeah. so that yeah. that's that's great and I'm sure other readers will feel the same do you have plans then for another novel outside of Elliot Hart I do yeah as all those writers do there's too much in your head <laughs> um yes and, and I'm quite excited once I get to that one I don't know what I'll do with it or, or what will happen and it's um it's, it's not in any kind of contract or anything mm. um but yes I do um I don't know how much to say um yes I want to I'm gonna I think another teenage book which deals with different themes um and I'm very tempted and don't quote me on this if it never happens Chloe okay but I'm very tempted to do a road trip and it's going to a parent and a teenager and I'm also thinking about setting it in the 90s oh that's fun that's so it still will tackle this is very this is very early Mm. but it'll still tackle tough themes I've got an idea what um but I like the idea of a road trip. I think it's just because I can convince my husband that I need to research and I can get <laughs> and I can get a week's peace and I can go on a drive somewhere. I think this is where it's all coming from. It's like it's research and I can get a week off all duties. Um, but that is that I've got to get I've got to get Elliot Hart too. And Josh McBride will get in the title of the second one. He deserves oh, okay. the title as well. So he will be in. So I need to get that one written. Um, and that comes out next year. And then after that start thinking about the third one well I'm so excited to hear that you're writing a sequel Kate and I really look forward to um reading what else you do next so thank you so much for joining me on the podcast thank you so much for having me Chloe I've absolutely enjoyed it it's been a joy that was Kate Martin talking about her young adult novel Are You Okay Elliot Hart which is out now and available to buy thank you so much for listening and if you've enjoyed this episode please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts Or if you've subscribed already, it'll be great if you could leave me a review. See you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.